Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Furman's secrets of WCW Nitro. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. My man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. Long time no speak. How are you doing? I know, man. <laughs> Long time no speak, man. I think the last time we did a show was back in the end of May. It was the... Uh um, Double or Nothing review, uh, NXT stuff in June, and ever since then, man, me and you've been busy. You've been out the country. I've been busy with my summer basketball tournament, but now we finally have some time to carve up and, and, and talk about SummerSlam. We are on the road to SummerSlam this this Sunday in Toronto. But Graham, first of all, you know how's your summer been, and are you excited? Does it feel like it's summer uh, SummerSlam time? For me, it does. I mean, I would not be surprised if some people said, hey, I'm not looking forward to the show. I mean, SummerSlam is one of those events where it's a lot like WrestleMania, but it's not WrestleMania because it goes the same amount as WrestleMania, but the matches aren't always as big. Um, But I'm looking forward to the show. I think overall, there's a few matches, as we'll get into, Mm -hmm. I don't really care too much about, including the main event of Rollins and Lesnar. But overall, I'm excited for the show. Um, TakeOver Saturday 2, TakeOver never disappoints. I was at the last two TakeOver shows, so I'm kind of sad it won't be at this one. Um, but yeah, it's been a, a great summer. I was at Double or Nothing. I think we spoke about that the last time we did a show a few months ago. I was at Takeover Twenty Five. Um, I was away for a few weeks in London in July, so I'm looking forward to uh, all the other wrestling events coming up between SummerSlam this weekend, Takeover All Out's coming up a little later on this month, AEW arriving on TNT mm-hmm. early October, SmackDown moving to Fox. There's a lot going on right now. So as right. we discussed before we went live here, that I think now is as good of a time as any to get back into doing the show. Yeah, man. You know, like you like you pointed out, I didn't notice that it was really three months since we you know we did a show, and I'm like, wow. I I thought it's a couple of weeks, and I, I look back, I'm like, holy shit. The end of May, we're you know middle of August, and you know I didn't want to be uh, away from the game too much. But um, again, you were busy, I was busy. It's all good. So now we're back. Hopefully, we can get back on the road to, to doing this every week. You can follow Graham on Twitter at Russell Rants. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J Cruz. The podcast two out of three falls is now or well not now but it's, it's, it's uh it's on itunes and soundcloud um pro wrestling still with with the t-shirts so go out there and support the, uh, the show the program uh shout out to mark i know he's been more hella busy than, than all of us combined so shout out to him and hopefully we can get get him back in the show sometime soon so i've no i know we missed you know fight for the fallen and extreme rules but it just you know, we you know I'll get to it in in, a, in, in later on today. But um, SummerSlam Toronto this Sunday. Uh, I think we got about maybe ten matches on the card. Uh, first time it's in Toronto for SummerSlam in fifteen years. So you go back to '04 SummerSlam. Do you remember 2004 with SummerSlam, Graham? I wasn't even watching at that point, but I do remember, <laughs> I do remember the show. Um, I was nine years old, I think, at that point. I was not a fan yet, but um, Damn. 
I do know the show closed out with Randy Orton and Chris Benoit for the World Heavyweight Championship. I do remember that. I remember vaguely from watching it back like years ago. The three-way between Batista, Benoit, and not Benoit. It was Jericho, Edge, I think, and Batista for the IC title. Um, I think Lesnar and Angle had a WWE title match. Uh, overall, I don't remember it being a bad show, but I also don't remember it being on the level of like – SummerSlam 2002, which is like one of the right. best SummerSlam shows I've ever seen. Um, but I think from what I can recall, it was a good show. The hot crowd in Toronto. Well, you know, because we do a lot of nostalgia and throwback stuff, I'm, I'm going to you know bring up SummerSlam 04 real quick to jog your memory and to kind of compare it to what we have today. So we had Rob Van Dam defeated Rene Dupree. Yeah, we had, <laughs> we had Ooh, what a what a blockbuster! Oh, yeah. I think that was on the that was on Sunday Night Heat. Okay, okay. Um, the Dudley Boys defeated Billy Kidman, Paul London, and Rey Mysterio in a six six man tag team match. Kane mm-hmm. defeated Matt Hardy in a till death do us part match, whatever that was. Um, John Cena defeated Booker T. Um, in the first, first in the best of five series for the U.S. title, okay, Edge defeated Batista and Chris Jericho, triple threat for the IC title, Kurt Angle defeated Eddie Guerrero by submission, Triple H defeated Eugene, oh boy, that was SummerSlam? <laughs> that was an actual SummerSlam Triple match, H- yes, Eugene. believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, JBL defeated The Undertaker by DQ for the WWE title. And the main event, Randy Orton defeated Chris Benoit for the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, so nine matches, SummerSlam 04 um, in Toronto. So now we fast forward 15 years later, and we are at SummerSlam 2019. Let's get this shit on the road. We got... Um, Drew Gulak and Oni Lorkin for the Cruiserweight title. I don't know who Oni is. Uh, I'm pretty sure you do. So who do you have winning this match? Um, I'm going to say Drew Gulak. He just won the championship two months ago. Oni Lorkin, for those who don't know who he is, is great. He's all over 205 Live. He's been in NXT for years now. Um, but the guy is really, really good. This match should be great. No matches as of right now, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Randy, if you're looking at the uh, lineup at the moment. I don't mm-hmm. think this been has officially been announced for the kickoff show. No matches have been. So no. I would assume it will be slotted on the kickoff show at some point between now and Sunday. Um, but yeah, I do see Gulak retaining the title. Here. Okay, uh, I'll go with you with with, uh, with Drew. What else we got here? Mm, I think it's it, it's a pretty solid card on paper. Uh, pretty much every match is a singles match, which is kind of shocking. No tag team match, no triple threat, no fatal four way matches. So that's that's good. Um, where do I start? All right, Bailey Ember Moon for the SmackDown Women's Title. Who do you got, Bailey or Ember Moon? I'm going to say Bailey, and this is a match I feel like I and many other people should be more excited for because they're two great wrestlers. Uh, the first time ever they've gone one-on-one in WWE, which is cool. But the issue is that if you've watched SmackDown recently, these people have given you no reason mm-hmm. to want to cheer for either Bailey or Ember Moon. They're supposed to be baby faces, but they're coming off as completely unlikable. A lot like Becky Lynch and Natalia over on Raw, which is another match that's supposed to be babyface versus babyface. In the ring, it should be a good match, um, but I think they've really botched the build quite a bit. That being said, I don't think it's Ember's time quite yet. I would keep the championship on Bailey for a little while longer. 
Um, I would go with Bailey as well. I think she just recently got the belt uh, with the cash in. Um, so I don't see her losing the belt anytime soon. You mentioned Becky Lynch and Natalia. Let's go right there. Submission match for the Raw Women's title. I think that has a better story going on than Bailey and Ember Moon. Um, Becky still the champion. It is. It is in Toronto, Canada. Do we possibly see a title switch here, or do you think Becky retains? I mean, anything is always possible. I'm going to say Becky retains here just because mm-hmm. Natalia is God, maybe not the least compelling, but one of the least compelling people that could be challenging for the championship right now. She has never really done much for me, and she's a great wrestler, but three-fourths of the women on this roster are very good wrestlers, so mm-hmm. I don't really feel like that's a compelling argument. Um, I know they're in her home country, and that's great and all, but beyond that, I have zero interest in this match. They can throw on the submission stipulation. I still don't care about it. Um, I think Becky retains here. And then from there, I, I don't know. I really think the only person that could make me care about Becky is Raw Women's Champion. And she's done a good job, but I feel like her reign has really suffered because she's had no compelling challengers. The only person that could change that, in my opinion, is Ronda Rousey, and I don't think she'll be back anytime soon, at least not until 2020. uh, 2020. So that being said, I do think Becky retains here. And then from there, I don't know where they go with the championship. I mean, I would say Ronda, if not Sasha, whenever they... Sasha, yeah, yeah. I forgot about Sasha, yeah. Whenever they plan on bringing her back. I mean, uh, are you surprised that she's been away this long? Honestly, yeah, but I'm not really sure because, you know, people have said for months like, oh, you know, uh, she'll be back at Money in the Bank or she'll be back at Extreme Rules or Mm -hmm. she'll be back on this episode of Raw and then nothing. So I figured she would have been back months ago at this point. Someone asked me the other day, when do you think she'll be back? I really don't know. I do think she will be back because I don't think WWE would willingly release her um, to let her go elsewhere, which, you know, she, she probably wants. Um, I feel like she would have to come back at some point. I don't know when that would be, but yeah, I am slightly surprised it's taken this long. I figured she would really want or really just need a month or two off. It's been four months. So anyone's still buying the bull crap that, oh, you know, she just needs a vacation. Who needs a vacation for four months of your Sasha Bank? That doesn't really make much <laughs> sense. So I'm going to say uh, she will be back at some point. I just have no clue when. Um, we, we we mentioned Becky Lynch, and I'm going to ask you this. You know, we, we've seen the rise of the man and all this stuff, and now you, you we're about to go, what, almost we're close to a year where, you know, her character changed um, for the better. Where we, at right, where we are at right now with the man and her with Seth Rollins, are you, for what you see on TV and, and the events you go to and what you read and everything – are fans still into Becky like that, in, 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 you know, into the man character, or do you feel like it's kind of been deflated since WrestleMania? It has 100% cooled off, 100% cooled off. Um, I mean, she is still very much over, but at the same time, I mean, not as over as she was, like, going into WrestleMania. I felt like her character peaked at that point. And they just haven't recovered. They just have not recovered at all. Um, So hopefully they can rebound to their character, get her back on track. I don't know what they need to do to get her back to where she was before. Um, Like I said, uh, you know, a good rival like a Ronda Rousey or what she had previously in Charlotte Flair would help. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, she's definitely not as 
you know, uh, cutting edge or as revolutionary or as, you know, interesting as she was even, you know, I would say six months ago. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's been a real, a real change. Uh, I think, again, it, it's not her, I want to say it's her fault. I think it's what they providing for her what they you know what they're writing for her um not many not many compelling uh matches or or rivalries for her to, to for uh, on raw um her and the Seth thing was cool uh, maybe they could have did something with her and Brock while you know with Seth and it just it just a lot that you know you know what you what you've been able to watch to see how they can get her back on that track of being like the hottest you know performer in the company but now it just like now it's it, it, it's just a wrestling angle before it was cool it was cutting edge it was this it was that the man and you know I think once Ronda left um, she lost the, the Smackdown title and now her being on one show uh, kind of limit, limit limited her and what she's been able to do but I mean we'll see what happens at SummerSlam maybe this you know this can invigorate her uh, I I wouldn't be shocked if Natalia was to win because it, it is in Toronto it, you know in Canada but going forward if Becky was to win is like like you mentioned earlier who's next for her and I, and we can't even figure out you know we, we got new uh, women's tag champions with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross so maybe one of those can be in the mix Sasha is still out Ronda is still out Charlotte is on on Smackdown Ember on Smackdown Bailey on Smackdown so it's pretty much you're down to Alexa and Nikki Cross for that for that spot and it's like we've seen Alexa and Becky before we've seen Nikki and Becky uh, I think once or twice on Raw so it's not brand new so it's like yeah she could win on Sunday but it's like what is next for her until the time that Ronda Rousey does come back that's the question I mean they have a lot of women but just none of them register to me as being interesting challengers for that title Mm -hmm. Um, we've seen Becky and Alexa before Alexa just got finished feuding with um Bailey over the SmackDown women's title and now they're the new women's tag team champions whatever that means because the titles mean not the titles mean jack shit right now the uh women's tag titles that is I really don't know like you said Sasha but that's not like oh you know they'll do that after SummerSlam because we don't even know when she'll be back so that's not really concrete or set in stone by any means um again I'm not really sure like you said you ran off all the women in the raw roster right there mm. That, that, that's really about it. I mean, Nia Jax maybe, and I'm not the biggest Nia Jax fan, True. but I will say that at least her and Becky have history mm-hmm. dating back to last year when Nia Jax punched her in the face for real. So they could always play off of that, but I don't even think she's remotely close to coming back. Um, she had some pretty serious like ACL injury, something like that earlier yeah. this year after WrestleMania. So she'll be out for a while. Ruby Riot will be out for a while. Those are probably the only two fresh challengers for Becky I could see being interesting for her. And they're not even an option right now. So I really don't know. I really don't know. I could see them extending this feud between Becky and Natalia until they, mm. you know, figure something out. Unfortunately, just because I don't really want to see this feud continue because it's done nothing for me up to this point. But it's better than going back to Lacey Evans, which also really did nothing for anybody. So I don't know. Unless 
you know, there is always the off chance they call up Shayna Baszler. People have been saying that for a long time, myself included. But mm-hmm. I also don't think she's coming up anytime soon. I thought she would be up after WrestleMania. But looking at the lay of the land on both shows right now, I don't think Raw or SmackDown need any more call-ups anytime soon. Because there's still so many people they're not doing anything with. Mm. Um, so I would just, I don't know. I really don't know what you do with Becky coming out of SummerSlam. Right. <clears throat> well, you know what? I... I I didn't think the Becky and Lacey stuff was that bad. I know someone like you will probably be happy that you haven't seen Lacey or Baron Corbin on Raw in quite some time. <laughs> so, but I think yep. it's um, I th- again that was that was new, that was fresh. It was somebody, uh, her uh, somebody new for Becky to challenge. And um, again, going forward, we'll see what happens. So I think I think Becky's gonna win. I don't think she's gonna be the man and the quote unquote the man. And, and then you see her tap out. The only way she'll lose if they do the the Stone Cold thing and she'll just pass out and she don't respond. So I, I do see Becky winning that match. Um, I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to plug in some Raw and SmackDown stuff as we go along, but I mentioned we got new women tag champions, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. The Iconics were tag champions since WrestleMania, and I don't think they did anything with them. For that period of time, um, again, not the Iconics' fault, but I think that that run as tag champions did, did nothing for them. So we do have new champions with Alexa and Nikki Cross. Are you surprised that those are, are the new champions? Are you surprised that they did the title switch on Raw compared to uh, SmackDown? And what do you make of the, the run the Iconics had, <laughs> had as tag champions? Dude, I said this on Twitter during Raw this week, but I mean, this may go without saying anyway, but I feel like the Iconics had a worse title reign than Jinder Mahal. And that's saying something, because at least Jinder was on TV. He always picked but on Jinder. his reign was, you know, terrible for the SmackDown show at that point. The women's tag team titles, not that they really meant anything anyway, but like if they had any shred of credibility coming out of WrestleMania... It was completely erased when the Iconics won the championships just because they were never on TV. They never had a single memorable match, feud, promo, program, whatever. Nothing. Mm. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It was a complete waste of time to put those titles on those two for that period of time. It was a complete waste of four months. They did nothing with the championships. They completely devalued any you know credibility those titles had or the division had. I mean, really, what division is there for the women's tag team scene? I feel like the only women's tag teams that we have right now are the ones that we saw on Raw in that title match. Um, you know, they have Alexa Bliss and Nikki who just recently paired up and that's great for them, but they were teasing tension up until a month ago. We have Mandy Rose and Sonya, the Iconics, and then, um, the Kabuki Warriors. And that's it because they broke up Banks and Bailey. Mm-hmm. The Riot Squad is no more. They broke up them. Um, Nia Jax and Tamina. Nia Jax is out, so they're not a tag team right now. They broke up a lot of women's tag teams coming out of WrestleMania. So they really don't have any challengers for those championships. But even then, the Iconics weren't still on TV. So they're not doing them any favors. They're not doing the championships any favors. I'm hoping the only real upside to Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross winning the titles is that since Alexa Bliss is on Raw seemingly every week anyway, that this could lead to more exposure for the championships. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, I really could not care less about this development, to be honest with you. Shit, if if the rumor was that Sasha was mad at WrestleMania for losing the belts, and then they put the belts on the Iconics and did did shit with them, just imagine how she feels now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. I feel bad. I mean, I would be... 
shocked if Sasha still cared about those championships at this point after seeing nah. what they've done with them over the last four months. Um, Trish Stratus returned. Um, she's going to face Charlotte Flair. I think Trish returned out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah, so we get them one-on-one uh, at SummerSlam, Trish hometown, Toronto. Um, again, this is something that just came up in the last two weeks, I think. You know, if you're at home watching this, and you're like, oh, so what's the real beef between Trish and Charlotte? And then you you try to explain, it, you'd be like, oh, you know, I really don't know what it is. One's the queen, and one just one just wants one last match. Um, there is no real story between these two. Um, I always thought that the dream match, you know, would have been Trish and Sasha from what you know what they had in the Rumble a couple years ago. But we get Charlotte, we get Trish. At SummerSlam, what do you what do you make of Trish returning against Charlotte, and who do you have winning at SummerSlam? I mean, I'm looking forward to the match, and like you said, I think Sasha and Trish was really the match a lot of people were looking forward to, just because Sasha has made no bones about it that she always wanted to face Trish Stratus. I think Bailey said that too, but definitely Sasha. They had that one interaction in the Women's Rumble about a year or two ago, I think yeah. in 2018, when she tossed her out and then she like mocked her. That was great, mm-hmm. and that was like, holy shit, I would love to see that match. Honestly, this feels like a match that we would have seen at evolution last year but they had trish stratus i mean it ended up turning into a tag team match but it was going to be trish versus alexa bliss and again i know there's like similarities between the two but the match would have been dog shit because alexa bliss really is not that good she's good but she's not good to the point where like oh that's a dream match it really was not a dream match by any stretch there's not many dream matches left in wrestling but if there is, I feel like this would be up there as being one of them. Just because Charlotte is great, she is arguably the greatest female wrestler, not only in WWE right now, but like of any past generation. Because Trish was great, but she was also very good just for her time. If she came up today, she would not be nearly as good as I, I think that people remember as, her as being. Um, but still, she is very, very good. This should be a great match. And I would say, you know, save it for Revolution 2. A, we don't know if that's happening. And two, they're in, um, you know, the second thing is that they're in Trish's, you know, home country of Canada. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it makes sense to do the match, have it be your final match, you know, uh, right off into the sunset, one, you know, once and for all. She's had a few matches since she retired, you know, over a dozen years ago. But none of them were really ever that good. Like, she wrestled the WrestleMania 27 against fucking... Uh, it was like lay cool, and then she teamed with Snooky. That wasn't really a retirement <laughs> match. So, um, you know, this should be good. I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping it, you know, lives up to my expectations. Not being in, you know, a Matt Classic, but for being at least a pretty good match for a woman who has not wrestled a singles match in over 10 years. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, that being said, Charlotte has to win. She 100% has to win. It would make no sense for her to lose here. And not that Charlotte needs wins, but like, just think about this for a second. In the last year, Charlotte has been left off a lot of shows in recent months. You know, she really has not been a, uh, you know, at the forefront of either the Raw or SmackDown Women's Division for a few months now. Prior to that, though, she had won the championship from Bailey or no Becky Lynch, the SmackDown title, for a cup of coffee at Money in the Bank before Bailey cashed in and beat her for it. Other than that, Charlotte Flair has not won a match on pay-per-view by pinfall. Since SummerSlam of last year, 
So she needs a big win, and I feel like this would be it, and this could either propel her back into the title scene or at least get her back on TV more because the fact that she has lost so much in the last year is just mind-boggling to me. For someone who went undefeated on pay-per-view for like something like two or three years straight. Okay, a few things. So you think this is the one and done for Trish, right? After this is no more? I do. I don't think she's coming back after this. I don't think there needs to be a rematch. This really should be a one and done, yeah. Okay, number two. Um, I don't see evolution on the calendar. From what at the SummerSlam, they go into NXT UK. There's a clash of champions. There's a Hell in a Cell. There's Crown Jewel. Unless they change the month, but I don't see uh, evolution happening right now. They could change their mind, but I think. Would you be shocked that the, if they, if they don't do evolution this year? I mean, not really. Uh, I mean, a little bit. It goes both ways. Just because the first show, I mean, yeah, it was like a one-time thing. They kind of made it out to be a one-time thing last year. And, of course, the timing was, I think they did it at that point because they had the Crown Jewel show later that week, which only accepted the men, you know, the male roster members or whatever. Right. So they wanted to have an all-women show to kind of make up for it. That's great. And the show was awesome, though. Evolution was the... I will argue with anyone all day. Evolution was the best main roster pay-per-view of 2018 for WWE. So the fact they wouldn't even entertain the idea of doing another one is just shocking to me. Um, You're right. As of right now, it's not on the calendar. Mm. They have, I think, Clash of Champions, I want to say, next month. And then probably Hell in a Cell in October. And they have another fucking Saudi show. I think on Halloween is the tentative date. That has yet to be officially announced. But I'm pretty sure that's when it's going to happen because they can't do the show on a Friday because SmackDown airs live on Fridays now. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's being brought back unless they bring it back in December after Survivor Series. But, you know, it sucks because I thought the first show was great. There's a lot you could do with the concept. And I don't know. I just feel like as a network special, it would be really, really cool to bring back. But not that it's necessary because the women are uh-huh. on these shows all the time. Anyway, they made have entered WrestleMania this year. But right. maybe I don't know. I mean, they made it out to be such a revolutionary thing about a year ago. Like, oh, we're focusing on the women. And then you fast forward a year later. I mean, I know we have three women's matches on this card. So I'm not going to say that we're back in the days of fucking, you know, 2009 where the women were never on any pay-per-views. But, mm-hmm. I mean, really, you watch the women's matches on Raw and SmackDown now compared to six, seven, eight months ago. They're getting zero time, and no one cares about any of these feuds, with the exception of maybe Charlotte and Trish. But you had to bring back someone from the Attitude Era to make that happen, so that's pretty sad. Um, so I feel like <laughs> they've kind of gone backward with their women's evolution since WrestleMania, mm-hmm. which is really sad to say. So we have NXT UK um, following SummerSlam. Then we have Clash. Clash of Champions in September. Then we have Hell in a Cell October, the beginning the beginning of October. Yep. Then the end of October on Halloween, you have Crown Jewel. Then we have NXT NXT War Games. Uh, then we the night before Survivor Series in November. Then we have I think TLC in December. So no evolution here. Now, do you think evolution was? Kirby, Kirby, if I'm wrong, that was the first and only time we had evolution, right? Yes, that was the only event today. Okay. Yep. So now, do you think <laughs> the only reason why they did it because Ronda Rousey was currently on the roster? Now she's not. Do you think it's uh, fuck it? We don't. We don't. We don't need it now. 
I think there's a lot of reasons. I definitely think, and I didn't even think of that, that is absolutely one of them. Because they had her main event the show. Yeah. So if it wasn't for Ronda Rousey, would they have still done the show? That's honestly questionable. I'm not saying, oh, they shouldn't have done the show. They, they fucking should have done this years ago. The fact that it took them this long to do an all-women's pay-per-view is really sad. Um, but I think Ronda Rousey being there and the cover star of that show played a big role in that and they also had nikki bella too and say what you will about nikki bella i'm not her biggest fan but she's a big name within the wwe universe in terms of female superstars yeah she can't wrestle anymore now she officially retired earlier this year because of injuries so they don't have her and they don't have ronda rousey anymore and there's also a few other people that will be out for a little while longer too so maybe that's why i'm not exactly sure and i again like i said earlier i think another reason was because they wanted to offset the crown jewel show last year by doing an all women's pay-per-view but that shouldn't be the sole reason they should be doing it every year it should be a normal thing to have an all women's pay-per-view every now and again but i guess they're not going to do it because ronda rousey's not around they don't have anyone maybe they're afraid that they won't Mm. you know sell tickets to the show because remember the show last year they had trouble selling tickets to it not because of the women but because the build was terrible and then ended up being a great show so even without ronda rousey without being without having a huge name on the show like her Mm. and if this really is trish's last match and that she wouldn't be back for an evolution pay-per-view then they're fucked so they need to build up the women they have before they can bring back other people but that's you know that's an issue they've had for a long time now well evolution was held in late october last year um over ten thousand, we'll round it off 1100 people there at uh at nassau coliseum so um i don't know i i think you know w- when you have becky as the man you know to kind of take that spot you you I, I would assume she would be the main event at this at this show if they if they brought it back but maybe you know night jackson heard it's just a lot of things are not maybe in place for that not saying they won't bring it back again but maybe right now that's not really you know sasha banks was on the car last year she's nowhere to be found now you you, you mentioned uh the the riot squad they have been incognito for 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 quite some time uh nikki bella retired she was on the car last year's um so you know, Lita, Mickey, obviously Mickey James in a, in a uh, shit, maybe a couple months. I don't even know. So maybe just right now, that's probably not in the cards, but I think at, at some point it'll come back. Um, but the major sidebar I want to do, you mentioned dream matches. Um, you said Trish and Charlotte was probably one of the last or one of the few remaining dream matches we've had. I'm going to ask you, what other dream matches that are out there that you see that have never happened that could possibly happen what are the remaining dream matches out there well i'll tell you what isn't a dream match that wwe told us was all a dream match and maybe it was 15 years ago but i know we didn't do a show for this because this was right after we took the right right before we took the hiatus um or right after actually Mm -hmm. goldberg and undertaker that was not a fucking dream match they were like oh what a dream match they did at super showdown it was a shit show the match sucked um i have no desire at this point to see matches like that so if people want to argue okay undertaker and sting is the last dream match they can do realistically they can't do it because they won't clear sting and i don't blame them he had that neck injury about four years ago and then he didn't want to get the surgery to fix it Mm -hmm. so then they said okay we won't clear you and that's it there's no ifs ands or buts about it undertaker's not leaving wwe you can't do the match anywhere else and even if you did do the match let's say sting could still go 
I mean, um, your definition of go, but like, let's say he would still, he was still clear to compete at like a super showdown, you know, type show. Um, the match would suck in 2019. Undertaker and Sting would be absolutely terrible. It's not a dream match by modern day standards. Maybe five, 10, 15 years ago. Not anymore. Um, matches that could realistically happen. What matches are left that I would consider a dream match? Again, there's really not many. Like I would say, I mean, again, your definition of dream match, but, um, you know, you could do AJ Styles and Kenny Omega. Would that be a dream match? I would say so. Um, I don't know if they've ever had a one-on-one match before. The two former leaders of the Bullet Club, and now it's even a bigger dream match because Kenny Omega is uh, in another company right now, and AJ Styles is still with WWE. I feel like, given the current landscape of wrestling, that might be the biggest dream match that could happen. Um, Another one, if you want to include a legend, and there's not really many more legends they can bring back because I don't think Shawn Michaels is coming back anymore. He did that one and done last year, and that was it. So it's not like they could do Shawn Michaels and AJ Styles. That would be a dream match, but it's not happening. Um, They have that match. I would say the Rock and Roman Reigns, if they could pull it off, I think would be a big blockbuster main event marquee match. I know Roman Reigns, or rather Rock said recently that he quietly retired from wrestling, but I feel like if the the timing was right with his movie schedule, he would come back for one more match, and I think it should be against Roman Reigns. I think those guys could really work well together. They have the history, and I think it'd be a big big boost for Roman Reigns, especially if he was to win. But beyond that, I mean, given the current roster, I don't think there's many dream matches left. I would love to know what you think, though, Randy. Dream matches. Um, I, uh, I wouldn't say a dream match, but I, th- I think one match that could still be out there. I, I don't. I won't close the door on it, depending if they if they go that route. But I really thought that, like a Shawn Michaels, Dolph Ziggler. Can still be can still go or Sean and AJ Styles can still be one match that can happen. Um, the the Rock and, and Roman that could be out there. Sting and Taker. I I agree with you. It, if this was fifteen years ago, then then yeah, if it's ten years ago, maybe uh, even five years ago when they were both there at WrestleMania thirty one, that should have been the match. It, it, you know, I know Taker fought Bray and Hunter had Sting, which you know, it is what it is. I don't think Hunter need, needed the Sting match, um, but that's Hunter. But I think Rock Roman, Sean against Ziggler slash AJ Styles, um, Taker Sting. I'm trying to think one for from the for the woman's side. I'm trying to think one. Um, I think I think that's pretty much it as far as who's who's active. Who's um who who's a legend that that can probably still go, and I I even thought for this SummerSlam and kind of fast forward into Goldberg and, and Dolph Ziggler where, um, like I if they had Sean and Dolph for SummerSlam, I would have been cool with that. I really think in in my mind in my mind thinking which may not even happen, I think. They could still do Dolph and Sean at WrestleMania. I think they they want Dolph to do Goldberg now, and like he's been on this legend kind of tirade with this, uh, you know, wh- whatever he's been talking about. He called out Goldberg, and then Goldberg came out on Raw, um, saying "You're next," and it was supposed to be Dolph and The Miz. Then it got changed to Dolph to, and, and Goldberg. Hopefully, that's not a squash match. 
like back in the day with Goldberg, but let's see if we can get at least five minutes from from Goldberg. I think he wants to, you know, I don't think I know he wants to make up for the the, the Saudi Arabia show against Taker. That was, that was a real terrible match, and that, that was the main event. So he he wants to make up for that, and I get that, and, and I respect that. Um, but I think. When you saw Dolph and Sean there, and everybody thought it was going to be Sean, he said it wasn't me. I really think that match could happen at Mania, but they, they're waiting. They, they're probably going to build to that. Will it happen? I don't know. If, if it were me, I would have Dolph and Sean. Because Dolph and Sean is like Sean and Jericho back in 03. I know they were both kind of still young. But Dolph and Sean in 19 could be a mimic of Jericho and Sean from WrestleMania 19. And I think the Goldberg-Dolph reminds me of when, uh, of when Jericho and Goldberg were in WCW back in 98. And, you know, Jericho used to, you know, shit on Goldberg and make fun of him and call him names and, and mock him. The same thing that he mocked Goldberg, we saw Dolph uh, mock Goldberg uh, on SmackDown with the entrance and all that. So they're kind of mimicking all that. I don't know if that's because Bischoff was around in 98, and now he's bringing that back to the forefront. Um, I know I probably just said a whole lot, but um, the dream match is still Sean Ziggler, Sean AJ, Taker Sting, Rock Roman, and what do you think of Goldberg coming back? Is this a one-off? Is this the, the final match in Goldberg's career? Are you happy to see him back? And what do you make of him against Dolph Ziggler and not The Miz and Dolph Ziggler? I think it could be his last match for Goldberg. Um, I, I mean, I guess it depends how it goes. I mean, I thought the WrestleMania match with Brock a couple years ago was the best way for him to go out. It was, it, it's got to rank. I know it was a five minute match, but it's got to rank up there as like one of the best Goldberg matches I've ever seen. Definitely the best Goldberg match I've ever seen in WWE, um, and that includes his first run too. Man, the Rock match was actually pretty good, but beyond that, he had a lot of shit matches that first year in WWE. Um, the the first and only year he was there before he came back a couple of years ago. Um, I guess it depends really how this goes, how the crowd treats him. If it's like a, I really want the guy to go out on a high note. So if it's a good, if it feels like a, a proper send off for him, then I'm fine with him retiring. And I said this a couple months ago after the Super Showdown atrocity. I said I wanted to see him wrestle one more time to make up for that match in Saudi Arabia. Um, and he is on Sunday. But I also questioned in the article for Bleacher Report, I said, who do you have him face? Now, obviously, I do think this will be a squash. I don't think it's going to be a real match. Um, I think he's going to beat Dolph in like two minutes. I mean, listen, if Kevin Owens can beat Dolph in 15 seconds at Extreme Rules, why can't Goldberg? Another guy's 50-something, yeah. but he also squashed Kevin Owens at Fastlane a couple years ago. So I feel like this has to be a squash. Um, beyond that, though, for Goldberg... Who else would you have him face? Like, Rock and Roman is a big marquee match. Is Goldberg Roman Reigns a marquee match you can build around for, like, a yeah. maybe not a world title, but, like, as a, a top match for WrestleMania next year? Maybe. Maybe. Because if it's not Goldberg, who else is it? You know, John Cena. I don't really think Goldberg and John Cena is a – I guess it would be a big match name-wise, but – Never, never really a match that crossed my mind as being like, oh, a, a dream match. John Cena's not even really around right now. So regardless of who wins or loses, it doesn't really benefit anybody. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really sure. I really don't know. Um, I guess I guess Roman Reigns, if he was to come back for one more match. But why risk it? Why risk it? Because that match could suck, too. 
So I would rather just have him, you know, do his thing on Sunday, beat the shit out of Dolph, go over in decisive fashion, and have him just ride off into the sunset and have that be it. And um, he can close out his career on a high note. He's already in the Hall of Fame. He's practically retired by all accounts. The guy never really wrestles anymore anyway. He's only been back for like two matches in the last couple of years. Um, so, yeah, I think this should be it for Goldberg, and I do think he's going over in pretty decisive, quick fashion. So you think where, you know, if in, in somebody's uh, final match, they always lose. So you think that if this is Goldberg's final match, they'll give him the win? Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's why I thought the Brock match was so good um, at WrestleMania 33 because, okay, so I know Brock's not exactly an up-and-comer, um, but he lost to Brock. Goldberg never loses. The guy very rarely loses. So it was a big deal when he lost to Brock at WrestleMania a few years ago, and the match was great. The build was pretty good. The crowd was rocking. I was there for that one. It was just, it was just an overall great experience for Goldberg and a great way for him to go out. Um, especially since he lost and he did the honors on his way out this time around, he's got to win. I mean, he, first of all, he lost the taker at super showdown. So <clears throat> I think he's owed a victory. He's already lost the taker, which I thought was a mistake. I really thought Goldberg should have won that. It doesn't really matter anyway. I thought Goldberg should have won Dolph. I know you said Dolph and Sean's like a dream match. I feel like it would have been five years ago. In the ring, it would be pretty good if they actually made it competitive. Right. The issue is that Dolph's been beaten like a fucking drum now for so long. You know, he lost to Kofi a whole bunch of times. He lost to Kevin Owens in a minute. I mean, like, not that I would have done that, but Dolph at this point to me means absolutely nothing. So having him beat Goldberg, I don't even really think it would benefit Dolph. I think it would just make Goldberg look like a loser for losing to a guy that lost to Kevin Owens in a minute um, at Extreme Rules. So I feel like he absolutely has to win here. And hey, maybe if they did want to have him lose in his final match, he comes back for one more with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That I would have him lose. That would he would have to right. lose. And hopefully it would be a good match. But that's that's only really what I would do. Um, yeah, I think Goldberg Roman uh, should be. I want to say when I say great match, I mean like just the aura, just the the build up. Uh, if there is one dream match, I think Goldberg and Roman could be that. Um, what else we got here? So we had AJ Ricochet for the U.S. title. We've seen AJ go heel in the last couple of weeks. Um, Gallows and Anderson are the new Raw Tag Champions. Just to kind of catch up on what's been happening. So they're they're a, a, a heel stable, um, the o, the OC the original club whatever it's called. So one, who do you have winning AJ and Ricochet? I think AJ retains. He he just got the belt recently, and what do you make of the the recent heel turn from AJ Styles? I've been digging this whole thing. I think the whole progression of the feud has been great. Um, you know, Ricochet won the bell, and people were upset when he lost it a month later, but I think he benefits from being in chase mode. I don't really think that it he needed to be, you know, champion for that long. He can always get the belt back. I think ultimately Ricochet should emerge from this feud as the champion. I don't think it happens Sunday. They don't need to really rush it. They could always do a rematch at the next pay-per-view. Give it a stipulation if you want. I do think AJ wins here. Plus, not only that, you know, AJ's been champion for a month. Why would you take it off of him? I mean, fucking Samoa Joe had the belt for three weeks. Ricochet had the belt for, you know, four weeks. It's not really out of the ordinary for people to hold the belt for a very short period of time. I would keep the belt on AJ just to keep every member of the OC golden for a while i mean they all have gold right now why would you ruin that by taking the belt off of aj a week or two after you know gallows and anderson became tag team champions i would run for this i would run with this for a while so um that's why i would have aj retain the new aj heel turn i think is great 
He's an awesome baby face. I think he is a natural baby face, but he wasn't really doing much as a baby face for the last couple of months. He was really kind of spinning his wheels. He came over to Raw. Raw already has, you know, Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins, and Roman's still kind of on Raw right now. They didn't really need him as a top face anymore behind Seth Rollins. I think he can be the top heel on that show if he eventually gets past the U.S. championship. Uh, they have Baron Corbin. He means fucking jack shit. Bobby Lashley's out right now. He didn't really mean much anyway. Mm. Um, Samoa Joe could be that guy. It looks like he could be going face. And Drew McIntyre could absolutely be that guy. But they've kind of not ruined him, but, you know, sidetracked him with his whole Shane McMahon nonsense. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that being said, I would um, I, I would push AJ to the top as the top heel and I would have him retain here. So hopefully it's only really a matter of time before we see AJ get back in the Universal Championship mix. But you mentioned uh, a couple of names that are n- that are not on the card. Uh, surprisingly, we don't have Lashley, Braun Strowman, uh, Roman Reigns. Drew McIntyre, uh, yeah, I mean Elias, whatever. Um, are you surprised those those big names are not on the card right now for SummerSlam? Not really, just because you know, with a lot of those guys, they've been doing nothing for so long. Now it's hardly surprising. I mean, I feel like it feels like Raw's entire heel roster is not on this show except for Brock Lesnar. I mean, Drew has been Shane McMahon's sidekick for months now, so he should be on the card, but I'm not shocked that he's not. Um, you know, Bobby's hurt. Baron Corbin's been off TV since Extreme Rules, which I like. I don't think he needs to be on TV right now. There's really no reason for him to be. Um, I think that's okay. There's no real match that makes sense for him anyway. And then Braun Strowman, I hate to say this. I'm just not surprised. Just because if you really look at the guy's track record, I mean, okay, so he was at Extreme Rules. He beat Bobby Lashley. Before that, he was not at Money in the Bank. He wasn't at stomping grounds. Hmm. Um, he was on the WrestleMania fucking kickoff show. He lost the Baron Corbin, I think, at either Fastlane or Elimination Chamber. And then he wasn't on the other pay-per-view I just mentioned. And then he lost the Royal Rumble. So the guy, okay, and the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal shit doesn't count for anything. Um, and he beat Bobby last month, but the guy has been doing nothing. Like, it really is amazing to me how they took a guy in Braun Strowman, who was mega over a year ago, and made him just a fucking afterthought on the show. He's not hurt. He's not, He's you know, he's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. He's never on Raw now, and he's not doing anything. And this has been the case for a long time. So I'm not surprised he's not on the card, but it's really sad because he was one of their top stars even a year ago. And it's not that he's on the show losing or whatever. He's not even on these shows. He's not even on Raw every week. So that's a pretty bad spot for him to be in. Um, I mean, even also from SmackDown side, Daniel Bryan is not on the card. Um... I'm trying to think of whoever else. Uh, Andrade, the Rey Mysterios of the world, they're not on the card. So, um, anyway, you know me, I'm happy to see Bray Wyatt back, <laughs> but I'm very... Finally. Finally. It took him a year, but I'm... Before I get to the match, um, we've seen the vignettes with the fire ha- uh, Firefly Funhouse stuff. He's been... Attacking Finn Balor and Kurt Angle and Mick Foley and how they... I want to know from you, one, do you think that they put him back on TV the right way with attacking these legends and, you know, in the dark with the, with the, with the flashing lights and with the mask on? Is the crowd liking it? 
on 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 social media, you know, at the arena, and what do you expect from him on Sunday against Finn Balor? I'm looking forward to this. I am very hopeful, Randy, and I've said here before on the show that I've all been given up on. I, I had all been, you know, had all but given up on Bray Wyatt mm. just because of their past booking decisions with him, and they've really fucked this guy over. Let's let's face it, over the last five years, but he has made himself, I think. And feel free to, you know, I mean, I think you would agree with me on this. I feel like he is the best act right now in WWE. I think Kofi has a great thing going. Mm-hmm. Kofi's great right now. Other than that, like, what real reasons do we have to tune into Raw or SmackDown? You know, they're they're just kind of there. Um, there's a lot of people I like, like Ricochet, AJ. Am I turning into? If I'm, am I turning tuning into Raw? Excuse me, or SmackDown because of them? Not really. Mm-hmm. I am for Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt is you know the guy that i'm 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 like right behind right now because the gimmick is great and all this other shit so yeah i think he's doing some awesome work right now he needs to win on sunday i'm looking forward to seeing what he where he goes from here as the fiend um and i'm looking forward to seeing how he kind of handles himself how he carries himself as the fiend in this match i'm really intrigued so yeah he has to beat finn balor there's reports rumors going around right now that um finn balor might be taking time off after SummerSlam, but um you know so i think this it really only makes sense to have Mm. finn lose here but um yeah i'm digging bray wyatt right now i think he has an awesome act going and i think he needs to win and hopefully just continue to ride this wave of momentum as long as he can before wwe and and inevitably fucks him over because you know that day is coming at some point but hopefully he can win a world championship before then i think he can yeah. with this gimmick because people are really digging it right now now if he's the the, the, the quote-unquote the fiend are they gonna make him wrestle with the mask on or they're they, they gonna have him take it off um i think he'll wrestle with the mask on i mean i think it would be weird for him to take it off i think we only really see him with the mask off if he's the nice version of himself so i, I yeah. do think he will wrestle with the mask on we'll see how that goes and if it's like hokey or some shit but i think it'd be cool if he did so Overall, you think the payoff for what you've been seeing with the vignettes and 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 what he's been doing in the ring, attacking his people, you think the payoff has been pretty good, solid, underwhelming, or just right? No, I think the payoff has been good. Um, not not amazing, not terrible. Mm. I mean, at some point, I would like to see him do more than just come out and attack random people. Um, I mean, I think it's cool because you see him attack someone on Raw. Then he shows up on SmackDown doing the Firefly Funhouse thing. I like that a lot. I really do. It's better than him doing the whole, like, oh, promos that don't mean anything. Like, he would do those years ago where you would see him talking backstage in, like, a smoky environment, you know, spewing all this nonsense that meant absolutely nothing. Um, so I'm glad they're kind of doing that now. Put a different twist on it. People are intrigued. They got their, you know, he's got their attention right now. So, um, yeah, I think they should run with this for a long time, as long as they can before people start to get sick of it. But, um, I, I do think the payoff's been good. People are still, you know, people go nuts when the lights start to go out and he, he attacks mm-hmm. somebody, whether it be a Mick Foley, a Finn Balor or a Kurt Angle, the crowd goes nuts. Yeah. It's one of the few times on these shows that you'll see the crowd kind of get up on their feet is when Bray Wyatt shows up. That's when, you know, you're on the verge of really creating something special because no one nowadays when most people come out most people either sit on their hands or they give them kind of a tepid reaction bray wyatt i don't want to say he's getting like a stone cold reaction but he's getting a reaction that feels that makes him feel like a star and he's always been a star but he's finally starting to feel like one again for the first time in years so again i'm hoping they can stick with this and um push it to the top of the card where it belongs 
Speaking of stars, uh, we have the best in the world, Shane McMahon. Oh, God. <laughs> against Kevin Owens. If, uh, if KO loses, he will be forced to quit the company. So that right there tells you that Kevin Owens is going to win the match. Uh, but overall, what do you make of the story? Uh, I know a lot of fans are, are more like, oh, why is Shane is always on TV in, in the prominent spots in the beginning, in the end, in the main in the main feuds. And um, yeah, so what do you say to that? What do you think of the match? Where did it go from here? And are you liking the dynamic between KO and Shane McMahon? I think this has got to mark the end of uh, Shane McMahon's reign of terror on WWE TV. I don't think it will. I think they will continue to drag this out. But if there was any time to wrap up Shane as an on-air character and kind of put him to the side for a while, this would be it. Um, KO's obviously winning. He's going to quit if he loses. Like, A, we've seen him quit before and it led nowhere. And B... It would make no sense. You know, I mean, then again, it made no sense for Shane to beat Miz twice, but he did that too. So I I guess never put anything past WWE. But KO's got to win here. He absolutely has to win here. And I'm hoping this is the end of, uh, um, what's his name, of Shane McMahon on WWE TV, at least for a while, because he has been so tiresome for so fucking long. And I like Shane, but they've just shoved him down our throats. And he's not doing anything to help the current talent. It's not like he's giving a rub to Drew McIntyre or giving a rub to The Miz or Roman Reigns or KO. KO's doing great work all on his own. I think he will be over regardless, um, with or without Shane McMahon. So have KO beat him. Have that be it. I fear that it won't be. Um, we'll see how the match goes. Shane McMahon's matches are very hit or miss. Right. We'll see how this goes. But I'm hoping, fingers crossed, this is it for Shane McMahon for the foreseeable future. So before I get to the, the two title matches, uh, Universal and WWE Championship, um, which match do you think kicks off SummerSlam on the, on, on the official card? That's a good question. Um, on the official card, I mean, obviously, like I said, Gulak and Lorca is on the kickoff show. So on the actual card, I could honestly see it being AJ and Ricochet. Um, they have a lot of matches on this card. So, I mean, I could see that being it. Goldberg and, and, and Ziggler would be a cool way to kick off. I don't know if they would open the show with a squash, though. <laughs> um they have a lot of women's matches, so I could see like Bailey and Ember. Eh, I, I don't think know if Bailey and Ember would be the right pick. I mean, I think it's going to yeah. be a great match, but people aren't really like excited for it. Maybe Trish and Charlotte. I don't yeah, know. Maybe I'm yeah. going to gun to head. I would say Ricochet and AJ, just because you know it's going to be a great match, and that could be like an all-time great SummerSlam opener. Like Rollins and Le- Ziggler last year, mm-hmm. fantastic opener, fantastic. So I'm hoping this is kind of along those same lines. Um, but yeah, so I think I, I think it's going to be AJ and Ricochet opening the show. If not them, then maybe maybe Bailey and Ember is my guess. Um, I'll go with Charlotte and Trish to open up. Um, I don't want Bray Wyatt opening up. I don't see Becky opening up. Kofi and Orton no. Um, Goldberg, like you said, a squash match. In the beginning, I doubt that. So I think it's yeah, AJ Ricochet or Trish Stratus. And Charlotte. So we have the two uh, title matches, the WWE Championship, Kofi Kingston against Randy Orton. I think this has the best story. Uh, there is a history between these two guys and the way they've been doing the promos and the vignettes and the packages has been really, you know, has been, you know, well done to kind of give you the backstory of Kofi, the rise of him and Orton holding him back. And now you fast forward, what, 10 years later since... 
Um, they had those matches back at the Garden on Raw. Um, a different Randy Orton back then with the with, with with Legacy. So now you fast forward, Kofi the World Champion against Orton uh, again. When you bring up SummerSlam 04, this is where Orton won the title for the first time. So he's no stranger to winning in Toronto, especially at SummerSlam. So I'm asking you this. Do we see Randy Orton win? Do we see the Kofi uh, title era end? And if it continues for some reason, who's left on the SmackDown roster for, for Kofi to go at? And if Orton wins, what are some matches you feel like Orton can um can be well with uh, defending this, the the title on SmackDown. So I will say this. I do think this has been the best book match on the entire card. And a lot of it has really relied on their history from 10 years ago. That's all you had to do. Really just show the video packages and I was sold. Um, that That's really about it. And I think they've done an amazing job of getting people excited for this match because people really want to see, you know, Kofi give Orton his comeuppance after 10 years. And it's a very simple story. And it, I'm, I'm really happy they relied on this and didn't just, you know, forget about it because <clears throat> it's very, it's very very commonplace of WWE to do a match and then not bring up the history between the two people. Like I kind of know why they did it with this one, but like Undertaker and Triple H from WrestleMania 27, there was a built-in story there with Triple H going to beat the streak 10 years earlier, WrestleMania 17. They never once acknowledged they faced off a WrestleMania before that. Um, maybe because they didn't want to bring up um, what's his name? Taker's old, you know, American badass persona. They they like to forget about that for whatever reason sometimes. Um, but anyway, I, I'm very happy they brought it up here. It's been a great feud. I do think Kofi needs to retain. There's no real value in putting the championship on Orton. Yeah, I guess putting Kofi back in chase mode, which is really where he's better, but he's had a great reign so far. There's no reason to end it to Randy Orton of all people. Um, I think Randy Orton's great, don't get me wrong, but like been there, done that with him as champion. Every championship Randy's had for at least the last you know five or six years has been boring as shit. So I really hope he doesn't win the championship. They, I hope they continue the feud, but, I mean, they're going to MSG next month. So I think it's going to be amazing if they can kind of redo that spot from the Madison Square Garden thing from 10 years ago or maybe do something similar but with the roles reversed with Randy Orton attacking Kofi in MSG. I think that'd be awesome um, for both Raw and SmackDown next month. But anyway, I think Kofi wins here. Your question, who's next for Kofi if he wins? Um, I, honestly, the only other person that makes sense for him to defend against on that show, and assuming they kind of keep the rosters the way that they are, mm -hmm. and they don't have people switch shows, like they had Samoa Joe go for the championship last month, and he's a Raw guy, officially. Um, and I mean, they could always switch people you know, before they do the whole Fox deal and they separate the brands again. But um, I think on the SmackDown roster, the only other person that makes sense, and people are going to be you know, annoyed to hear this but roman reigns i think kofi and roman reigns is really the only route to go after the randy orton feud has run its course um maybe in time for survivor series if not sooner um i mean who else really is there he's beaten dolph a bunch of times mm -hmm. he's beaten daniel bryan a bunch of times kevin owens samoa joe he's already beaten aj styles sammy uh, zane i mean i guess they could bring over someone like a drew if they want to but 
I guess maybe, but that's really about it. There really isn't anyone else on SmackDown that stands out to me as being, you know, a proper successor for that championship than Roman Reigns. And Roman hasn't held gold since he had to vacate the Universal Championship a year ago. So it kind of right. makes sense for him to go back after the world title. People are, again, are going to hate to hear that, but it's just the fucking truth. And Roman can't face, you know, uh, whatever this... I mean, that's not going to be for a while because he has this whole mystery attacker thing going on right now, and I think that's going to end up being Daniel Bryan. And they'll be busy for a while, and maybe right. then we see Roman get back in the championship picture in time for, like, Survivor Series, like I said. But if not Roman, then, then who else? Like, I would love to hear someone enlighten me as to who else there really is to go after the championship. If it's not Orton, other than Roman Reigns, I feel like he just makes the most sense. <sighs> I mean, you, you, you did forget one name. Uh, you, you did forget. <laughs> you probably going to laugh. You, you did forget Shane McMahon. Oh my god! Don't even say that. I'm going on. The, I'm going on the you know the, the mindset here that he will not be here after SummerSlam. But God forbid we have a you know a reenactment of when Vince won the championship on SmackDown 20 years ago. Oh uh, yeah. Um. Uh, you know, it's funny how you mentioned KO and KO was was just a bad guy like what two months ago, turning on New Day, and now he's just a a, a, a fucking good guy. I mean, yeah, the guy's so over right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it took him like one attack on Shane to get over as a face. I mean, this is really what they should have been doing six months ago. This is really what they should have been doing when he first came back and not the whole like, oh, family man shit. Like, I don't know what that was about. And then they turned him right back into a heel. And he wasn't even at WrestleMania. It was it was a mess. But uh, I'm glad to see him getting over. And the guy is, I mean, I think he's more over than Kofi at this point, which is saying something. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think hopefully Kevin Owens gets a shot with the championship at some point because I think he really does deserve it. I think real quick to your point, um, I did forget they're doing the Raw SmackDown at the Garden next month. Um, so if if I was doing the booking, um, if I remember, Randy Orton was the champion back at, uh, on Raw in '09 at the Garden, right? He was he was the the the, the world champion, right? Against Kofi. He was not. When they were feuding the first time, there was no championships on the line. Uh, okay. So, if it were me, I would have Orton go over at SummerSlam and then do the, okay. re do the rematch at the Garden against Kofi, and then Kofi gets the belt back next month. Because, um, again, th th there's a lot of factors. Do you end the Kofi uh, title reign What's in, in four months at SummerSlam? Maybe, maybe not. Do you give the belt back to Orton? Someone like you was saying that Orton is not the the most entertaining hype champion out there. Um, but then they, they have the backstory, they have the history, they had that one match at the Garden from ten years ago. Why not put the belt on Orton? Let him rock it for a quick, for a couple of weeks, maybe a month, and then Kofi gets the, the that comeuppings uh, again at the Garden against against Orton. So there's a lot of ways they can they can go at this. I think I'm not, I have no I'm not sure, but maybe Bischoff has a part in playing into showing that history between Kofi and, and, and Orton because I know Bischoff is doing some stuff with SmackDown and Heyman with, with, with Raw. I have no idea. That, that That's just me thinking. But I think he could have put it out there and say, hey, you know what? Kofi and Orton has a history from 10 years ago. Let, let's let's portray that. That's something that we don't really see on, on, on Raw as much. But um, I, 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 I'll, I'll go with Orton on Sunday and I think you're going with Kofi, right? Yeah, I'm going with Kofi for this match. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. We'll, we'll see. So, um, 
and I guess the main event is going to be Brock and Seth. So, so to kind of recap things, so Brock cashed in at Extreme Rules. He beat Seth Rollins. He's a, he's the new Universal Champion. And now Seth Rollins wins some some sort of match to be the number one contender again for Brock. So we're getting Brock and Seth again. Um, I think Brock is going to win. I know most don't want to see that see that happen. I just don't see Seth getting the belt back. Brock just got it a month ago. And Seth, you know, good good guy Seth. I'm not really much of a fan of. Um, I'm more into the heel Seth Rollins. I think Seth is more of a heel character, but I think he's staying face because of you know the rapport he has with Becky Lynch, and she she's a, a face as well. But I think at some point Seth has to go back to the heel the heel role. Um, I don't know how to get there, um, but I, I don't see Seth winning. I see Brock winning um, on Sunday, retaining. Then, then the question is, who does who else does Brock face after that? We don't know. But um, who do you got, man? Brock or Seth? And are you uh, are you phasing out of good guy Seth? I think it's a lose lose because I am too. I mean, Rollins. It's not that he's not over. But I think he's in a worse position than Becky, who, like I said, has cooled off considerably since WrestleMania. That's also the case with Rollins, but not just from like an on-air standpoint. From an on-air standpoint, but I feel like the guy is burying himself six feet under every fucking time he talks in interviews. I feel like every interview I read with this guy, it makes him more unlikable. I don't know if he's trying to turn himself heel or what, but like between the Will Osprey shit on Twitter a couple months ago, mm-hmm. that completely that was like the beginning of the end for him. And when he was saying that. WWE has the best wrestling in the world that really was like a a game changer for him in the wrong way he said that he said something about um, how he doesn't like intergender wrestling and I agree but that's not exactly a great thing to say publicly because not a lot of people want to hear that um, he, he said a lot of other dumb stuff. He said stuff about John Moxley and how he didn't call him a quitter, but he said something along those lines. And he just said a lot of dumb stuff in interviews. And it's like, dude, like you're not doing yourself any favor. So just shut up. Um, I really hope that he can either, I don't know, stop talking. And I don't know what he's doing wrong, but like he's got to clean up the act a little bit. Because if, if, if not, they might as well just turn the guy heel. And the problem is... They don't have any faces to replace him because they already turned AJ. So they're not turning yeah. him at heel anytime soon unless they move him to SmackDown or something. But they need Rollins on Raw. Um, they have Braun, but Braun, Braun is as cool as a fucking ice cube right now. So they really don't have any faces to replace Rollins if he turns heel. Um, this whole match is a lose-lose. I really have no desire to see the belt back on Rollins, but I'll take that over Brock Lesnar being champion again for another fucking six months. Because you know if and when Brock wins here, and he has to win. Because Rollins has been like on his deathbed now for two weeks. I feel like it would make no sense for Rollins to miraculously recover and win the championship. And also it begs the question, if you're going to do that, then why bother taking the championship off of Rollins in the first place? If you were going to have him take the belt right back from Brock, it would make no sense. So, but then if you keep the belt on Brock, when's the next time we see him? Do we see him at, you know, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble? Does he know. hold the championship again until WrestleMania? Like, <laughs> when is this shit going to end? So, I don't know what they're doing here. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, I, I, I do think Brock retains, 
But I think it's a really just a bad situation all around because there's no one else to step up to the plate either. Like I said, it would be one thing if they have someone waiting in the wings to replace Rollins or Lesnar as that top guy, but they really don't have anyone because they've neglected everyone in the roster in favor of Rollins and Lesnar now for the last year. So it's not like AJ's hot enough to get in that spot. Maybe AJ, but like not Ricochet, not Joe, not Braun, not Drew, Bobby, Baron, nobody. So anyway, I think Brock retains. Where they go from there, I'm really scared to find out because I think we're going to go another three or four or five months on Raw without you know without a champion. A lot like the last two years, which is terrible. Um, I'm not that excited for the match. I think the the one time on Raw with Brock was you know destroying Seth with in, in the ambulance and the chairs and all that. I think that was you know the best part of of what they have going on i'm i'm surprised the match is not that kind of match like a, like a hardcore match or something like that it's just a regular singles match and um for me to see seth win that match i don't know how he does it i don't know if they try to do some kind of switcher rule with the, does paul Heyman get involved the, the, does he screw brock lesnar and then you do a double turn where brock is the good guy and seth is back to the heel seth i have no idea um, Seth, the Seth promos are more like John Cena now, where he's saying, "You oh, know, I, I do this for this, and I guarantee this." And he's all s- sorry and somber in the ring. He's hurt, and you know, this this is what I this is my dream. This is what I live for. And it, it, it reminds me of, of of Cena back in the day. Um, so I can't wait for Seth to go back to 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 heal, um, to heal Seth. Then the good guy Seth has ran his course. It's just a matter of what do you do with Brock going forward. I know they got Clash of Champions uh, next month. Does he de- defend the title there? I don't know. Who else is out there on, on Raw to, to go at him? Bray Wyatt. I, we haven't seen Bray and Brock. I don't think ever. I could be wrong. Um, AJ's a heel now. Uh, you're not getting Brock and Goldberg again. Roman's on SmackDown. So it's tough. Uh, it's tough to really... See where they go, and if they keep, if they keep the the same roster they have once SmackDown goes to Fox, uh, remains to be seen. But I don't, I don't, I don't see Seth winning on Sunday, and I don't think, I don't think if he loses, I don't think he'll be back in in, in the title picture for for quite a while. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, I mean, again, if Brock's not there, it doesn't even matter. But um, if he loses, this has got to be it. This is becoming, dude. This is becoming the new Brock and Roman. Anyone who did not like the new the, the, the Brock and Roman feud is got. You, you can't be. It goes both ways, okay? So, like, if you didn't like the Brock and Roman feud lasting, like, four years, that's essentially what this feud has become. You know, Brock and Rollins had their issues back in 2015. They rekindled the rivalry for WrestleMania. That's great. Yep. And then they continued it. And then they continued it. And it's fucking August, and we're still seeing the same shit. And what's worse is that we know they could probably go out there and have a great match if they made it competitive. But this basically has to be a squash, right? I mean, Rollins is so hurt kayfabe going into this match that he has to be basically squashed and i mean that really isn't a great way to go off the show so again Mm. i just it's a fucking it's a disaster they really i don't know what they're doing with this shit but um it's it's you know it's not good i mean brock hasn't really had a competitive match in a while this could be it 
But it, I know it won't be because Rollins is dealing with kayfabe injuries right now, so they, it wouldn't make any sense. Um, you know, Brock's going to do his thing, squash Rollins, and move on to the next one. But who is the next one is the question. It, it, it is the question because he's already beaten everybody. He's beaten everyone on Raw and SmackDown, every top star. So this is the issue with building around one guy instead of focusing on you know other other up and comers like a Daniel Bryan or an AJ or a you know a fucking Ricochet or someone like that because now no one realistically can beat Brock Lesnar. That's the problem. But do you think that is or should be the main event, Brock Lesnar and Seth? That's the thing. I think it has to be the main event because what else do you close off the show with? Like I think Kofi and Orton Kofi would be. Orton. I think that's the match I'm most excited for. Um, I it doesn't feel like they've built it up as the main event of this show though, and I think if Kofi wins, it's like oh okay, like maybe it, it would probably be a better way of going off the show than, um, than with Brock and Rollins. But like other than those two matches, they really don't have anything else that would make sense to close out this show. I mean, none of the women's matches. I mean, I, that's really about it. So I think it does have the main event. Unfortunately, yeah, I think if Brock and Seth is the main event, this got to this. There's got to be something going on that match where Seth walks out the winner, but there's a, a, a turn or something. Or if Kofi, if Kofi and Orton is the main event, then that tells you Orton is going over. Um, again, there's there's really no clear cut main event. I mean, you, you can go either way with Kofi or, or Brock, but that's really much it. Um, but either way, man, I'm looking forward to SummerSlam. Um, Ten matches on the card this Sunday, Toronto. Um, I know we also have NXT Toronto, so let me get to that real quick. Uh, five matches. I haven't seen a lot of NXT in, in, in a while, so forgive me. But we have five matches. Uh, Candice LeRae against uh, Shirai, Leo Shirai for a singles match. Who do you got? I'm going to say Shirai. She just went heel. She's doing great work right now, so I think Shirai wins here. Uh, Shayna Baszler, still NXT Women's Champion, uh, against Mia Yim. I feel like every time I bet against Baszler, she always retains. So I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to stick with my gut and say Mia Yim, or Maya Yim wins the championship. Um, I'm not confident in that pick, as Sheena will likely retain, but I'm going to keep picking the opposite person until she yeah. finally fucking loses it. So I'm going to say Maya Yim wins the championship. Yeah, I think it's, it's time for Baszler to, to, to get that call up. Um, triple threat for the North American title pete dunn roderick strong and my guy velveteen dream who you got this should be a great match i'm super psyched for this one all three of these guys are great um i'm gonna say roderick strong i think roderick strong it's his time to take the title so um yeah i think he pins pete dunn here to win the championship does that mean a pete dunn or velveteen move up or just the fact that they just lose and that's it Oh, yeah, just losing, that's it. I don't know if Pete Dunne is a mainstay now in NXT because he's really done everything there is to do in NXT UK. He held their championship for, you know, two years. So I think it's time for him to either move on to NXT, you know, NXT proper. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love to see Pete Dunne in the main roster. The issue is that they don't do anything with the people they get, you know, they, they, they bring up from NXT. So in a perfect world, yeah, I would love to see him on SmackDown. Right. But like I said earlier, there's so many people they're not already doing anything with right now. They should probably hold off and keep him in NXT where at least I know they'll be doing something with him. And Velveteen Dream, same thing. I don't want to see the guy get called up yeah. and then on fucking main event every week facing, you know, <laughs> EC3 or whatever. So keep him right where he is. Uh, NXT tag team titles, um, the Street Profits defending against the undisputed era uh, to be fair i've never seen the street profits wrestle 
So I want to get that out the way. I just haven't seen them wrestle. Uh, I seen them on Raw, but um, who you got? Them or the Undisputed Era? I love the Street Profits. Uh, they just won the championships to take over twenty five. Um, last, uh, not not last month, two months ago, and June, early right? June, great yeah. match. Um, I do think Undisputed Era takes the titles here. I think you could see where this is going, but I do think Fish and O'Reilly become the tag team champions here, and that leads to, uh, unfortunately, the Street Profits getting called up probably full-time to the Monday Night Raw roster. And in a two out of three falls match for the NXT title, you already know how I feel about Adam Cole. Um, Adam Cole <laughs> against uh, Johnny Gargano. Adam Cole just won, the, just won the title back at NXT 25 in June. Uh, I'll go with Adam Cole. Who do you got? Adam Cole. Adam Cole's got to win here. Put this rivalry to rest once and for all. I, again, Johnny Gargano in a perfect world should get called up, but I know there's nothing for him there right now, mm. except maybe if he goes to like fucking 205 live, but he's way better than that, so I hope not. Um, yeah, I think he loses here. I don't know what you'd do with him, but uh, yeah, I think Adam Cole retains, and then maybe we see him in Ciampa at some point when Ciampa's ready to come back, but mm. Adam Cole's a fucking star, and I hope he retains in the championship here. Is this uh, another year where many would say NXT TakeOver is going to be better than SummerSlam, or do you think SummerSlam will be better than NXT TakeOver? I think it's going to be one of those instances where TakeOver is better than um, is better than SummerSlam. I mean, there have been some occasions where the main roster shows are better, but I do think TakeOver is stacked this weekend. I mean, it always is. But this show, especially so, should be an amazing event. The last couple this year have been awesome. I was at the New York one over Mania Weekend. I was at the 25 one in Harp, or, uh, Bridgeport a couple months ago. Right. Both were some of the best shows I've been to. They were awesome. This should be no different. Um, SummerSlam, not to, think, not to say that it's going to be a bad show. I don't want to be someone who says, oh, it's going to be terrible. I don't care about it. I'm looking forward to SummerSlam. I I do think it can be a very good show um regardless of what people say despite what people have said the main roster product has really not been great in the last couple months to say the least i would say over the last year but the pay-per-views i think have been very good um i was at money in the bank i really enjoyed that show i thought stomping grounds exceeded expectations and i thought extreme rules was another very good show so if they continue that streak SummerSlam should be solid as well uh, a few things uh i don't want to forget or forget to mention we do have a new Intercontinental Champion, <laughs> Nakamura. He's nowhere near to, be, uh, near to be found on the SummerSlam card. But uh, what do you make of him becoming IC, uh, IC Champion? I think it's cool. Um, I hope he's on TV more than he was when he was U.S. Champion. He did nothing as U.S. Champion. I mean, he won the belt a month ago, and he's still not really doing anything. So not a great sign. Um, but hopefully, you know, hopefully they get him on track. I think I, 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 it looks like they're going to have him feud with Ali. Um, after Ali beat him a few weeks ago, which I think is a good feud. They should work well together. But, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully it's better than his U.S. championship run because he held that belt for, what, five months and did jack shit with that. So hopefully this, he, you know, he, he does something with that title that has really not meant a lot in 2019. Mm. Um, real quick, we, we, we knew a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, that we kept hearing Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff were going to be behind the scenes for Raw and SmackDown depending on what the role was or executive director or whatever it is but from from that point on to, to now I know it's a little small sample size but have you seen any real differences any real changes anything with how they're 
writing the show, portraying this, or character development, anything you've seen different from the Raw SmackDown side once Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff got back involved? I mean, there's been some slight changes. I think SmackDown's been better for the most part. Raw's been marginally better. Um, Honestly, I'm at a point now where I read all this shit online about how you know, Paul Heyman wrote this show, but only like 60% of it. Or Eric Bischoff wrote the show. No, he didn't write the show. Oh, he's on board now. And all this other stuff about how SmackDown's been rewritten like an hour beforehand. I'm at a point now, dude, where I honestly don't care who writes the shows. And I guess be careful what you wish for, because I'm going to say that, and they're going to bring back fucking Vince Russo to write SmackDown. But like, I'm at a point now where as long as the shows are good, then I don't care who writes the shows. Um, There hasn't been a drastic difference now compared to a few months ago before they brought them on board. I don't know if they're fully integrated into the product yet. I don't know. I don't think so. But I mean, I know they have been slightly better. And I don't care if the show gets rewritten a hundred times five minutes before they go live. As long as it's a good show, that's really all I care about. And the shows have been better recently, so I'm hoping that um, you know, that 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 momentum ma- they're able to maintain that momentum going into the fall season. That is notoriously terrible. They almost always just stop caring come September, and football comes back, and they're rating. They just kind of roll over and die. So hopefully they can continue to put forth this type of effort come you know September, October. So, you know, November, December. And the last point, Graham, before I let you go, um, was revealed that AEW will be on Wednesday nights on TNT beginning October 2nd. Um, don't know what time or how how long the show would be. But now we're getting closer to getting more information. We don't know the name, the name of the show yet, but we do know Wednesday night, TNT beginning October 2nd because I think SmackDown starts on Fox I would say the 4th right October 4th yes the 4th so AEW arrives on TNT the 2nd yep so we would assume maybe two hours right I think it is two hours. I think I read somewhere unofficially that it is a two-hour program, and I would have to assume it's going to be at 8 p.m. Okay, so what do you you make of it being on Wednesday night, knowing that right now NXT is on Wednesday night on the network? Do you think they changed NXT, the night of NXT, to a different different spot because there is the rumor that FS1 could be involved in in, in taking uh, NXT. So what do you make of AEW Wednesday night, maybe two hours, no name of the show, and how does that affect NXT on Wednesday nights going forward? I think AEW on Wednesdays is a great fit. Um, I know Tuesdays would have been the perfect spot, but I know they would have get preempted by, you know, all the baseball coverage and shit like that. They have games like basketball games there on Tuesdays on TNT. So that wouldn't have been, that would not have been a good fit. I think Wednesdays are perfect. I don't think they're really worried about NXT. It's on the network. You could always watch it later. They don't really care about ratings. Do people really? Most people don't even really watch NXT live anyway. So it's not really that big of a deal. If they had to go live on FS1, that's a different story. Um, they can move that to Tuesdays or Thursdays if they want. I think that'd be a good fit. If it was live, I think that'd be fucking cool. Um, as of right now, I mean, that's only rumor. That has hardly, you know, been confirmed. So I think as of right now, NXT is going to stay right where it is on Wednesdays, taped. And they're not going to really worry about it because it's not like Raw or SmackDown where they have to battle for viewers. So um, I think Wednesdays for AEW is perfect. A perfect time and day for them. And their next show is what? All in, right? Oh, uh, they have All Out, yep, in Chicago later out, on this okay. month. 
And then the first set of TV tapings are in D.C. on October 2nd. And then they've already announced they're going to Boston on August 9th or October 9th. Excuse me. I'm hoping to go to that show. That should be cool. And then they're going to be in Philly the week after that for October 16th. So, um, yeah, um, I think it's going to be uh, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan right now between AEW, what WWE is doing, NXT and all the other promotions out there, you know, between Ring of Honor, Impact, New Japan, MLW, blah, 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 blah. Uh, there's a lot of great content out there to watch. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the wrestling world shakes out in the coming months. And what's it? What's the last thing? What's the rumor about maybe CM Punk, AEW contract has been thrown out there or some talk? What do you what do you what do you make of that? Well, I got to give credit to him. Two out of three falls alum, Mark Ramondi, did the interview with CM Punk <laughs> yeah. a few, uh, about a month ago, which was really cool to see his name. In the I mean, he's been doing awesome interviews for ESPN for a while now, but he did interview CM Punk about that. And he asks the hard questions here. He, and Mark asks all the tough questions. So he asked him, what's your status with AEW? And he tried to get to the bottom of it because – Punk wasn't entirely clear at the beginning, but basically what Punk said was was that he has had talks with them. They reached out to him with an offer over text. Like, that's mm. pretty fucking unprofessional. Then Cody was trying to say on Twitter, he was like, oh, no, he was misquoted. And then Mark responded to Cody's tweet saying it wasn't misquoted because I fucking did the interview. So obviously you know, yeah. it wasn't misquoted. He knows, you know. So right. um, I think what Punk said was actually what he said in the interview. But, um, yeah, no, um. I think that's what the deal is. I mean, not to say that he, that he won't ever go to AEW. He's making it sound like there's a chance. All right, I'll say that. I think AEW would be a great fit for him. Mm. He'd be a great get for them. Um, I would love to see him in AEW. They are in Chicago for all out. I don't think he shows up there. He will be at StarCast that Saturday, that same day. Right. Um, I don't think he shows up at the show. It would be cool to see MJF or one of those guys come out to call to personality and like troll the entire audience into making them think that he's there. That would be fucking cool. But beyond that, I think it might be a while before we see him in AEW before they can really have some professional proper talks. And um, I don't think he's lying about that either. I don't think he's working people. I think he was being honest when he said, like, hey, right. you guys got to step up your communication skills because, you know, throwing out offers over text is not professional. I don't think that's something Vince McMahon would do. Um, so hopefully at some point we can see CM Punk in AEW. I just don't think it will be anytime soon. Well, shout out to Mark Ramondi for that, that interview with CM Punk. Uh, great work for MMA uh, UFC on ESPN. He's on Twitter at Mark underscore Ramondi. Uh, I, I love how you gave Mark the WWE.com treatment. Uh, you know, you put him in the alumni section. <laughs> like, he, like, like he's not coming back, but hopefully he does. Um, and he, real quick, the the last one. I think that there's something about that. Um, which could, you know, you never know where as far the company goes, but the, the UFC is releasing Cyborg, right? Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard um, Dana White say, hey, we're, we're just going to willingly get rid of her. Wow. I guess they said, because I guess she wants to leave. I don't know the whole story, but I saw the interview that Dana White did where he goes, yeah, we're just going to let her go. Like, she will be free to go wherever she wants. And honestly, AEW makes sense because she was, I was at StarCast mm -hmm. over Double or Nothing weekend and she was there. So, I mean, that's not a coincidence. I mean, she was obviously still with the UFC at that point. I think she still is technically now. Um, but I could very well see Chris Cyborg going to AEW. I know she's a wrestling fan. They teased something with her and Becky Lynch a few years ago. They kind of went back and forth on Twitter back, I think, in 2017. So, mm -hmm. you know she would want to step in the ring and not 
to say that they would, you know, she would be their version of Ronda Rousey, but they need to build up their women's division, and Chris Cyborg would be a great get for them. Uh, all, all Out is in Chicago, right? It is, yep. They're mm. back in Chicago this year for All Out, yep. Mm, yeah, CM Punk sighting, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Again, dude, don't get your hopes up, but uh, oh, don't, no, don't no. give me faith. Don't give me hope. Listen, man, I, I've had my hopes up for Bray Wyatt for three years now, so it just, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just getting him back now. Exactly. It might take, yeah, we've had our hopes up for Punk for like five years now, so hopefully it's not that much longer before mm. we see him in a wrestling ring again. We can, we can only hope, but exactly. if Bray Wyatt's recent push is any indication, hopefully we will see CM Punk back in the limelight in a wrestling ring before long. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report on Twitter at WrestleRant. Always a pleasure having you on. I know we'll, we'll get back into the mix of things every week. Enjoy SummerSlam, and um, I'll chat with you next week, buddy. Sounds great, Randy. Thanks for having me as always. Awesome to be back here on the show, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Adios. All right.